Let Eurovision Queens begin! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast exploring and celebrating the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy, and I'm getting sick of you now. Stop sending flowers. And I'm Ryan, and I'll just burn them all, and you'll cry for hours. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so let that be a warning to you. Absolutely. Did anyone recognise those lyrics? You'll be hearing them again later in the show. So... We've confused ourselves totally because we we flipped the introduction to the show. So we're like, what is my name? What am I doing? What is my existence? You know I like routine, so I'm very fragile about things like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, really? Anyway, welcome. Hello. This is episode 23. And I think we've got some breaking news. Wow, what is it? We've got a new podcast friend. <gasps> friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. Honestly, we're quite excited about this. I mean, we're, we're kind of... We say friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> they liked one of our Instagrams. That counts. It's enough. Best friends now. BFFs forever. Mm-hmm. I know best friends forever, forever, that means, doesn't it? BFFFF. <laughs> <laughs> it is no less than... Drum roll. Charlotte Pirelli, formerly Nielsen. Yay! Yay! We've talked about her on probably at least ten episodes. <laughs> Finally, she wakes up. <laughs> Glad you caught up with this last Charlotte. <laughs> yep. Go back and listen to all the episodes where we name drop you for whatever reason. Yeah, constantly. Constantly. We love you. And yeah. we want to play more of you on the pod. And we will in due course. How about you come on on the episode that we do, Hero? A little guest interview. Ooh. <laughs> you can practice your Swedish. Mm. Yeah, Elska Charlotte. It's <laughs> an easy one. <laughs> Have we got any other news? We still haven't got anywhere to stay in Malmö. No. <laughs> Rude. Come on, we know, we know from our stats that people are following us in Malmö, so they're just ignoring us now. Yeah. Can't imagine why. <laughs> Not me. Maybe there's a little committee meeting because there's a bidding war of who can host us. Maybe. Maybe it's all going on and they're just all fighting over us. Yeah. It's entirely possible. Maybe there's a little ceremony and they want to give us the keys to the city or something. <laughs> keys to the city. <laughs> Idiot boy. Well, we've got a fun, packed show ready for you. So much to play. So much critique to give. You know what we're like. Probably some fashion tips along the way. Definitely. <laughs> at the very least, trouser tips. Trouser tips. <laughs> Not sure what that means. That sounds wrong. But uh, yeah, I think we should get started. All right. So explain to me the structure of the show. If Pretend I've never done this before. <laughs> it always feels like you've never done it before, <laughs> darling. <laughs> Haven't even started drinking properly yet. So we play seven songs in seven different categories. The first three categories are as follows. The last five years, then a song from five to 15 years ago, and thirdly, anything pre-2009. So that's our archive track. Then we play a UK entry, a song that failed to make it past the semi-final, and a Juice Award for an act that never got to Eurovision, but should have done. So many good tracks we played in that slot. I kind of think they should have been Eurovision songs. They absolutely should. 
Oh, we could do a whole Eurovision of non-Eurovision songs, really, couldn't we? A whole Eurovision or a whole podcast? A whole Eurovision. Of course. Yeah? Mm. And finally, we hand over to the randomizer. The chaos monkey that is the randomizer, which will choose any year, any artist. It's going to struggle to top last week's, well, last podcast episode. Last week, the randomizer chose Charlotte Nielsen. So the randomizer actually chose that moment for Charlotte to connect with us. Yeah. You know? So the randomizer caused us to be friends. Can you wheel the randomizer out? I have to hoist it up from the basement. Okay. (laughs) We'll get it ready for later on. We'll need it. Yep. Okay. So I don't know whether you're ironing, you're cooking, you're gardening. Maybe you're on the bus to work. Maybe a train. Ooh, get you. Whatever you're doing. I thought you were going to say maybe you're on the toilet. (laughs) I don't want to know if anyone's on the toilet listening to us. But hi. (laughs) No, don't say hello to them. Don't encourage them. (laughs) If wherever you are, you're on board for the format of the show, it's time to sit back. Think nice things and listen to that familiar anthem. So first up, we've got our song from the last five years. Yeah. Who have we got? We have got Victor Kloner with Storm, representing Estonia in 2019. All my life I wondered why I keep fighting all the times For a million reasons that I find But I might, I might be all wrong I've hit highs and I've hit lows But somewhere down the winding road It felt like I could lose it all But I might, I might have been wrong A storm like this Can break a man like this And when it all comes down We're still safe and sound my life I've tried to find The meaning of what's left behind They say it's life itself But I feel it might, it might be all wrong A storm like this Can break a man like this And when it all comes down We're still safe and sound a storm like this can break a man like this And when it all comes down, we'll be safe and sound Even if the sky falls down, we can turn it all around We'll escape the darkest clouds and we'll be safe and sound
scars won't matter then but i might i might be wrong okay so that was victor crona with storm what did you make of that ryan i don't remember that one much at all no weirdly i don't <laughs> I knew that Victor Crone was kind of familiar and I knew he was kind of a regular Melody Festivalen contestant. Yeah, because this is us sneaking in a bonus Swedish. Swedish entry without it being Swedish, which I don't fully understand why. No, and it's confused it's confusing me as well because there's also a Stig Rasta connection. Do you remember Stig Rasta who we played? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Interstellar. Well, who didn't manage to represent oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Estonia a few um episodes ago we played them. So this is written by Stig Raster, Storm. Oh, okay. Yes. But for some reason, Victor Krona is singing it rather than him. And he's singing for Estonia rather than singing for Sweden. So there's a lot to unpack here. But my biggest question that I have for you is, what about that guitar that kept appearing and disappearing? It vanished and then was replaced by Black Hanky in his back pocket. Yeah, which we all know is... <laughs> S&M. <laughs> That's the code for S&M. Is it? Yes. Mm. I'm not surprised. He's got a leather jacket on. Mm-hmm. But he, as you said while we were watching it, he didn't get the memo about leather trousers being required. Yes. If he'd have taken the leather jacket off and had the leather trousers on, you would have instantly remembered this. Yeah, I would. And he would have had way more points, just globally. <laughs> yeah. I feel. So, do you want to know a bit more about Victor Kroner? Yeah, I want to know why he's globetrotting via Eurovision. I'm not sure Sweden to Estonia is globetrotting, but it's certainly crossing a few country borders. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he was born and raised in Österrake, Sweden, probably saying it wrong. He started playing guitar and writing songs at the age of 15. Bless him. Mm-hmm. But when he was 18, big change in his life, he moved to Los Angeles and did work in Nashville and he started writing songs. Yeah. And he started to be known as Vic Hart, which sounds terrible, doesn't it? Vic Hart. Yeah. I'm glad he dropped that. He first participated in Melfest in 2015 with the song Dera V Inter 4, but it didn't get through the second chance round into the final, but it got through to there at mm-hmm. least. But after that, of course, we've got Storm. He chose to perform for Estonia and won Este Laul with Storm, the one we've just heard. And ultimately, what position did he place? Oh, at Eurovision itself. in the final. He got through the semi-final. 16th. It was 20th, which I think is quite low when you consider you're performing in 18th position. That's a good slot. People didn't go for it, did they? Everyone was voting for Kano. Is that what it was? It's the same, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, we're Kano. And you're listening to Eurovision Queens. Let's talk a bit more about that performance. Well, the thing that really troubles me the most is rhyming this and this together in the bridge. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird because there was the storm and lightning effect at one point. Yeah, um, there was a CGI bit, wasn't there, where yeah. he was in front of green screen. I felt it looked really cheap, actually. There wasn't much going on on stage, really. No. The most exciting part was when the camera didn't switch and we just watched the camera drift off to the stairs. And then you just see that other guy with the camera running around. Yeah. But it doesn't then switch on straight away, which is just a bit unfortunate. Yeah. But something happened, as often does, between the semi-final and the final. So guess how he did in the semi-final? Did he come, like, third or something? Fourth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fourth. Obviously, in a weaker semi-final, we have to assume. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, he 
was 20th in the end. But I feel like he didn't do much on the stage at Melody Festival either. So maybe he's an artist that likes to do not very much. Yeah. But then I got so dizzy watching his performance because he spins around or the camera goes round him and maybe he's being the eye of a storm. We're now going to move on to talk about his career post the Eurovision final of 2019 because he has represented Sweden again at Melfast. But before we do, I have an important question to ask you. Is he attractive? No. Do you not think? (laughs) No. How interesting. Do you think he is? I think he is in some photos. I'm looking at his Wikipedia picture here now. (laughs) No. I don't know, because I think that's a huge part of what his attraction is meant to be, is that he's attractive. Yeah. (laughs) His attraction is that he's attractive. But do you know what I mean? He's kind of like a hunky guy singing sort of mode. But sometimes, I don't know, he's... I'm not convinced. No, I'm not either. But that's just us. Maybe, yeah. Highly personal. Anyway, he was in Melfest 2020 with the song Troubled Waters. Do you remember that? No. But I started watching in 2021. Ah, okay. So you wouldn't have known anything about it then. No. So he was ninth that year with a total of 57 points. But he came back this year and he sang the song Diamonds, which we're going to hear a snatch from now. Second in his heat with that song and went to the second chance semi-final and ultimately placed sixth in that so he didn't advance to the final. He would have been third then in his initial heat. If he was second, he would have gone straight through to the finale. Oh yeah, correct. So that's wrong there. <gasps> mistake from Wikipedia. I know, can you believe it? We just revealed that we get information from Wikipedia. I mean, mistake from our mysterious sources. Yes, <laughs> from our multitude patchwork of internet sources. Do I know more than Wikipedia about Melody oh, Festival? Oh, in? <laughs> I can't believe it. I so, don't think we chose him to go through when we made our little podcast and then put no, two people didn't. through, didn't we? But it was one of those songs where you just kept playing it and playing it and you got really into it in the end. Well, I did. Yeah, I just remember the staging was really boring. boring. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't deny it. But he's kind of one of these many, apparently, heterosexual Swedish male singers who we're meant to vote for because they're sexy. They're in that, there's a tribe of them, isn't there? There's Danny Sorcido, there's Victor Krona, there's, what's the other guy called? The one that can't go on. Yeah, Robin Banks. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and there's another one as well. Or maybe I'm thinking of Eric Sada. Is he the one that wore the cricket whites? Yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> horrible. So just the three of them, actually. <laughs> what was it for? <laughs> but it's that style, isn't it? Yes. I think the the one that did Royals as well. Paul Ray's not like that. I he's think he's a little cute. bit like he's that. He's a little bit pocket rocket. He's so small. <laughs> <laughs> he's only small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's Victor Croner opening the show for us with Storm. We look forward to seeing what he'll do at Melody Festival in 
2025. Why is he not in the next? He one? does it every couple of years, by oh, the sounds of it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we won't see him for a while. We are going to move on to our five to fifteen years slot. So this is a song that was from between 2009 and 2018. We're going back to 2016, in fact, with a song called "Lighthouse" by Nina Kalic, who performed for Croatia. <laughs> Breaking waves around me, stormy tides, and I feel my ship capsizing. Out of sight, saving shore, ever gone, ever more. Ropes untied, rain that pours, the water's rising. There is a light guiding my way, keeping me safe and oceans rage. There in the sky, hiding away, never to die and fade. I know that I'll find your lighthouse, your lighthouse. I know that I'll find your Nina Kalic for Croatia back in 2016 with the song Lighthouse. What do we think? I think because I know the recorded version, hmm. I don't think that one's as rich. It's not okay. got as much nuances and, you know, like her voice doesn't dance around as much uh-huh. as what we will have just played. Okay. And I think it's purely down to poor dress choices because there's a sleeve 
embellishment uh-huh. that she's having to do a lot of armography yeah. for. And it's just and end- it's just it's endless armography. Yeah, it's the same movement. Yeah, it's like when you've got a drag queen who can only do that with her arms, and that's it. That's all they do. Well, she's she's clearly parked in one position for whatever reason. Yeah, she starts off with a reveal and does a little wavy arm, and then the, these backing dancers pull the thing off to reveal a disco ball dress with long, really long sleeves. But they should have had a real reveal as well. They look like warrior monks, but they just stay in shadows. Yeah, they're quite menacing and yeah. do nothing. Yeah. Which is just really weird and, like you say, really jarring. So what I would have done is have her on a plinth, a hidden plinth, and during the song she'd rise up like, like a lighthouse. Like a lighthouse. Be a beacon. And then have a light shine on her towards the end. Yeah, exactly. It... Totally. There was yep. so much opportunity to make that more of a light show, to make it more more of a performance. Because this was only 2016. Yeah. But there was, that there was, was the show stuff, by that stuff point. Stuff was going on by then. She's got there were, no excuse. There were stunts and gags happening at that point. Fun fact, it may not be the case, but it could be that everyone performing in the episode tonight is 31 years old. Now, there's only been two <laughs> so far, Victor and Nina, but both of them are 31. <laughs> well, they're both now, on this day, 31. Okay, so... No, I know, but it doesn't work, is it? Because they're different contests. Yeah. We could call it 31 this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tenuous connection, but I'm always looking for them. Mm. So do you want to find out a bit more about Nina Kraljic? Yes. She was born in Lipo Viani in Croatia in 92, hence 31. <laughs> <laughs> she got famous there through performing in the Croatian version of, you know... Well, I guess it's called Croatia's Got Talent. (laughs) (laughs) She studied opera and she also did Croatian studies, which I believe are very popular in Croatia, uh, to the Faculty of Philosophy in Rijeka. She is, hold on to the furniture, openly bi. (gasps) It's good. I thought I liked her vibe. Mm -hmm. She's good. Good hair. Interesting hair. Oh, you didn't like the hair? I'm not sure about the hair. (laughs) (gasps) Wow. She also competed in the first season of the Croatian version of The Voice. Do you want to have a go at saying how, how that is? This word, these words here? <laughs> no. Nelespi Glaskovatsk. Wow. I don't know. Made it up, really. So, how did she do at Eurovision? Oof. 12th? Well, let's, get, let's do this properly. Let's start in the semi-final, oh. eh? Getting ahead of yourself. So, she was definitely in the top 10. Yeah. So I'm um, maybe third. Okay. Tenth. Oh, so she just oh, squeaked through. Just squeaked through. Oof. And it was the first time that Croatia had qualified for how many years? Have a guess. Five. Seven. So they were thrilled when Nina came along. Because hmm. you can imagine after seven years, you'd be like, oh, why do we bother in sending anyone? Honestly. Yeah. But no, they sent her and she got through that year. But she she qualified in tenth. So what position did she get in the grand final? 17th. 23rd. Ooh. It's tough, isn't it? Especially with a song like that. But then I guess 2016's a, a strong year. I just think the staging was bad as well. Yeah, there wasn't enough going on, was there? No. no. And for a song like that, where you've not got lots of dancing or anything like that going on, you need it to be powerful. Yeah. Now, this isn't the end of Kralic's Eurovision journey. She went to Dora, which is the Croatian national final as you know mm. in 2021 and she performed the song Rijeka 
River, which actually was also the name of the university she studied at, wasn't it? Pay attention. Mm-hmm. She was second in that to Albina with the song TikTok. We've had TikTok on the pod, haven't we? We have. We in, well, it, I like TikTok. Eleventh <laughs> place, wasn't it? It's one of those yes. songs that would have got through under, under the, the new, new rule. rules. Yes, yes. But let me just show you a bit of that song. I think we've just seen why it was second and didn't beat TikTok. And she's also very static again. She's just stood there with her arms. It's obviously. Her I guess style. it's an operatic thing, you know, yes, like focus is. on the breathing so can and you stop critiquing that. Things? But wow. yeah. But then there's a lot of other stuff going on on stage. There is, including some some guys in some kind of like leotard affairs. Yes, there's some more interpretive dance going on. Definitely. And then there's some women on screens banging drums. I'm yeah. going to say they're bodrans, whatever the the Croatian equivalent of a bodran is. Mm-hmm. I'm probably even saying the Irish word wrong now. Apologies, everyone. So anyway, that was Nina Kraljic, who performed for Croatia in 2016. Who have we got next? Ryan. So up next is our over 15 years. How far back are we going? Going all the way back to 2002. Oh, we play a lot from 2002. Nothing to do with my influence (laughs) at all. Well, this time we're off to Austria and we've got a song called Say a Word. And that's by Manuel Ortega. can be the sunshine today I'll be there to help you go on on your way I can be the sweet moonlight I'll be there to guide you through the night I can keep you warm in the rain I'll be there to make you so happy again There's no broken heart I command It is really easy and you will understand Say a word and I'll be there Say a word and I'll be there Say a word and I'll be there Say a word and I will care Say a word and I'll be there Say a word and I'll be there Say a word and I'll be there Say a word Feeling lost and alone I'll be there to help you carry on If you're feeling blue and you need a friend I'll be there to give you a helping hand If you feel like blues and you're proud I'll be there to give you a place where to hide If you feel your life just goes wrong I'll be there if you need someone to Change your whole world. Life will be better. Oh, 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 yeah. 
so that was Manuel Ortega with Say a Word. Now, do you think I was a fan of this song back in 2002? Yes. Yes, I very much was. Before the contest, I was like, this is one of the best ones. I think it's going to win. I also fancied the pants yeah, off him. Yeah, I would imagine yeah. was the reason behind it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also remember as soon as he started singing, I was like, oh, he's quite short. <laughs> And I've got a theory about it. It's that our hands being in the air all the time is to make him look taller. Oh, okay. I think he just keeps putting his arms up all the time to make that. Yeah. Oh. Also, someone has been to the Banana Rama School of Lyrical Interpretation, haven't they? Oh, you mean with the when they put their hand and out? And I will understand, and I will, and the hand, yeah, it's all very literal Banana Rama stylings. The chorus gets very repetitive. Eight times they say, say a word and I'll be there. Say a word well, and I'll seven times, be and then they change the last word. Say a word and I'll and it's be like, all right, we get it. Say a word. It's getting a bit I'll needy now. <laughs> I think he would be a needy boyfriend, though, don't you? Mm, well, think... no, high maintenance because he'd need to be in sight of mirrors regularly. Yeah. No, he was a model as well as a singer. Mm-hmm. Good arms, but he's he's very short. Have I mentioned he's short? He seemed compact. Would you like to talk about his costume? Well, he's just turned up in a pair of jeans. Yes! A pair of jeans and a tight shirt. Yeah, that's it. That'll do. Yeah, exactly. He's not really tried very hard, has he? No. Yeah. Now, the lovely, the lovely moment, the funniest moment in the entire song is when his backing singers are revealed behind the screen. <laughs> the screen goes out and you said the party started now. Um, but they I all... think I said the office party the started. The office party, because they did look like <laughs> office party workers, didn't they? Yeah. They all looked like they'd been told to report there and they were dressed in misshapen black suits so that he looked a bit buffer. Yeah. And yeah, it was a bit of a shame, wasn't it, really? Yeah, it didn't. They, there was no cohesion. <gasps> Gosh. Now, before he won the Austrian national final with Say a Word, the previous year he'd had a big summer hit in Austria. Mm-hmm. Just in Austria, though. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to play a bit of that to you now. just heard a bit of El Amor La Vida. Who do you think Manuel Ortega sort of, what's the word? Um, Ripped off? Yes. Jerry Halliwell, Machico Latino. Oh no, I wasn't thinking about that, but who does he aspire to be? Oh, Enrique Iglesias. N- n- well, no, I don't think it oh, is. Oh, that would have been after. Yeah, Ricky Martin. Oh. He so kind I- of sells himself as the Austrian, um, Austrian, um, what's it? Little version? <laughs> middle of little version (laughs) (laughs) yeah Austria's answer to Ricky Martin I just did a quick google while you were playing that to find out that Machico Latino was 1999 oh and this was 2001 just so I could accuse him with 
receipts. Yes. <laughs> it's very Machico Latino. It is. Now, what's funny about the comments that you get under this video is, why do you not sing in Spanish? You've betrayed your country. Because <laughs> he's formerly Spanish. Uh, yes, and he never sings in Spanish. He, sping- he spings. He spings? He sings in English and... His Spanish fans, or at least people who would be his fans, are not happy about this. Wow, controversy. Yes. Now, he did have a bit of a revival around 2012 when he released an album and there was a big Wee Wee Blogs article about it. I say a big article, one pager, with a good shot of him with big arms. But we haven't really heard much of him since then. Mm. But as you said while we were watching it, I bet he watches that video. <laughs> it's just the one bit when he blows a kiss to the camera and you know he's blowing it to his future self when he's watching it at home. Wow, <laughs> anyway, I still thought he was sexy at the time. I'm not sure I do now. Do you know who he reminds me of now? He reminds me of Ryan from The Office. Ah, from The American Office. Yes. You know the one I mean? Yes. Yeah. BJ Novak. So how did this do? Oh, we <laughs> <laughs> past all of that. How do you think it did, Ryan? Well, I think it came eighth. Okay. Let's see. So it was actually 18th. It Ooh. only got 26 points. Ouch. Well, I'm not surprised based on that chorus. It was very repetitive, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He needed more than his looks and his arms in the air, really. But yeah, harsh, I would say, 18th. But that was Manuel Ortega with Say a Word. It's time for us to take a break. Thank you for listening to Eurovision Queens. Why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod? Or if you're on Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens, where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels. On both of those, there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far. Back to the show. So we just spent the break doing some tab maintenance. Yeah, only because you got a bit weird about it. There's <laughs> <laughs> so many tabs open. I can't help it if I take researching these episodes seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit of a peek behind the curtain. We don't <gasps> ever have any written notes, do we? We used to. Yes. When we first started. Yeah. But now we, we just wing it. We'd much rather fly by the seat of our pants. Yes. <laughs> I bet you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> we are moving on after the break, as we always do, to the UK entry. And we are going back to 2013, where we were represented by who, Ryan? Only Bonnie Tyler. <gasps> Bonnie took the clips of the heart, Tyler. Yeah, that's the one. Gosh, and what was the song called? Believe in Me. We do. Good. <laughs> Like love You never see the rainbow You just curse the rain You say 
Okay, so that was Bonnie Tyler with Believe In Me back in 2013. I love this song. It barely charted in the UK. I think it was 93rd. It was the best it got in the charts. But honestly, I remember buying this on iTunes and just playing it to death. Right. And the recording was really good. Yeah. And I just loved it. I remember belting it out. See, I've come in it completely from the other side. I remember... Seeing it on the night and it being a train wreck, that's a bit unfair, but Mm. we'll get to that. And then just going, well, yeah, we've ruined it. (laughs) Even sending Bonnie Tyler can't even do anything. But like as we were watching that, we said that it it, the first two lines are the worst. Are the worst, but that's where a song is made or broken, I suppose. And what was the phrase you said? Drunk nana at a wedding. Well, that's what I said. As we start, as we loaded it up to play it, and you're yeah. like, "That's harsh." Yeah. I was like, "I clearly remember what it was like and on the you, night." You rem- what stayed with you? There's, was there certainly lines. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, but she really got into it. She really got into it, but the damage was done yeah. at that point. Worth mentioning, this was in Malmo in 2013 because Lorena just won. So yeah, that we could be in that stadium. We shall be in that stadium. We shall be actually this year, definitely. Um, Bonnie Tyler. Do you know her real name? No. Gaynor Sullivan. Oh. Yes. 
Um, first found fame in the late 70s. And her first song that was a big hit was It's a Heartache. But of course, we know that she's known for another heart-based song more than anything else, Total Eclipse of the Heart. And that was huge. And then, of course, Holding Out for a Hero was big as well. Mm. But yeah, so this was a long time after all of that, but 30 years after. My first reaction was, oh, God, we're not bringing out another oldie again. Because we just had Engelbert Humperdinck the year before. And that was terrible, wasn't it? Oh, it it really was not good. When you compare Engelbert Humperdinck and Lorene, it's like, wake up, UK. Come on. (laughs) And then having had Lorene win and then having Bonnie Tyler, it was like, what are we doing? Mm. I mean, she just did look too old to be doing it. I think they were like trying to use the fact that she was a she was a name, just like they tried with Engelbert Humperdinck, but it didn't really work. Yeah. But I thought the song was good. I think she was a bit past her best at being able to sing. Live. Strongly. Live, yeah. yes, exactly. You can have a good sway to it, can't you? Yeah. It's definitely a song for the nans when they've had a couple too many gins. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it was a song for me back in 2015. <laughs> and you'd had a couple too many gins. <laughs> <laughs> I walked into that one. But people who have just listened on the podcast of the song will be like, that was really good. I didn't realise that Bonnie Tyler was that good in Eurovision. Mark my words. And then they'll go and find the actual video of the night. And then realise that... And go, oof, yeah, oof, actually, no. Difficult. I'm imagining that came bottom of the table. Wow, I'm sorry. It finished in 19th place. Out of? Out of, I don't know, 24 usually is, isn't it? Or 26. Didn't do too badly, I don't think. Um, it got it got points from Ireland, Malta, Spain, Romania, Switzerland, Sweden and Slovenia. But it only that was only a total of 23 points. Hmm. So ones and twos. Really? Yeah. I just wanted to talk a bit before we leave this one behind about how good I think the lyrics are. And I wouldn't go so far as the songwriters who said it's that we wrote a song that would uplift the world. <laughs> but, but I do like the lyrics. What other lovers do looks like a joke to you. It's a table for one because you never make room for two. It's true. You come and you go and there's never no compromise. That's why the seconds and the minutes of the days of your life go crawling by. I mean, there's, there's so many really good composed lines in it. Yeah. And it's worth mentioning that. And Bonnie herself loved the song. And she remembers vividly the, the night on which it was written. And when she got to Nashville, which was where it was composed, she remembers that part of the song was written and, and the night um, after dinner, <laughs> um, the, the second verse was written. It's also worth mentioning that she got some accolades, despite only coming 19th, and that was on Eurovision Radio. She won Best Song and Best Female Singer in 2013. So they were the Eurovision Song Contest Radio Awards. So I imagine that's based on the commercial version of this release, which we've we've played into the podcast. Because it is a really strong recording. Yeah. So... I mean, if I look at all of the different UK entries from over the years, it's definitely mid-table for me. It's not like a bad one. There's a lot of bad songs. Yeah, I just feel like it's been sort of forgotten about because of how it was performed on the night. I think also because it came at a time when we were out of touch with what Eurovision was and it was an attempt to to play an oldie card and it hadn't worked with Humperdinck. It 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 wasn't going to work with Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Believe in Me. So up next, we've got our semi-final exit, and we are off to Ireland in 2022. Oh. So not long ago, 
No, and this is Brooke with That's Rich. that's rich it was and regular listeners will not be surprised to know that that was one of my choices (laughs) (laughs) i was really surprised just then because i thought that it was going to be really bad Mm. because i've come to this song post 2022 because i didn't really i wasn't really into the contest that year for lots of different reasons my my life changing in so many ways (laughs) but um the thing about it was that uh, the thing about this song is that I've listened to it a lot in the last few weeks because yeah. I knew we were going to include it. Yeah. And it started to become really familiar to me and I started to really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun. 
But I remember at the time watching the second semi-final in 2022 and thinking this was shit and it was never going to qualify. And I couldn't understand the buzz. Yeah. But I've just watched it again now and I thought it was a really good performance. Yeah, I've not seen that since the semi-final night. Yeah. And I remember watching it, it being one of my favourites and just going, oh. But now watching back, I was like, it wasn't bad. No. I thought it was going to be really flat or really undersung or oversung. Yeah. Or... Lots of different things I thought it was going to be, but I thought it was a really solid performance. I think the only thing that you can really pick at is that the outfits were cheap. I think the, the the backing dancers in the white were just a bit basic. Yeah, and it was just a bit But her bland. in the turquoise was quite an interesting, sort of like those big pants and the, <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the sort of floaty skirt and the boots. It was a good look, I think. I feel like 2022 was the year of the female artist though so maybe it was going up against all of those yeah i just remember not being at all convinced or understanding of the the drama around brooke and i remember on that night um that they were so confused when it didn't go through like rylan and yeah. Scott Mills and all that but i was like well of course it didn't it was crap so yeah it's funny how you can have a completely different journey with a song yeah once you know it maybe it's just that if you hear the commercial version you can hear the melody more clearly and you know what the song is and where it's going yeah and it's just stripped back a bit live that you don't necessarily have the same sense of the song i think it's a very ambitious song to sing live yeah with all the nuances but then there's that sort of third verse where it's got like a vocoder sort of effect mm. on the recording which doesn't translate to putting an effect on her voice live yeah that sort of falls a bit flat, that bit. Or it's just simply a song that doesn't go over the first time you hear it. And you just need to hear it a few times. And by the time you saw it performed, it was already in your head. I remember watching this going, oh, that's not enough to get through. Oh, did you? So whether or not that semi-final was stacked, maybe that was the case. I'm sure you will be able to tell us as we do a little bit more of a deep dive into the song. Yeah. So what position do you think it came in the end? I'm hoping it came 11th. This is what we always say. Oh no, was it 18th? We always say, I bet it was 11th, because Moni must have just missed out. No, it was another one of those songs that was 15th. Oof. Yeah, it wasn't close. No, that's unfair. Yeah, totally. But it often happens, doesn't it? So who else was in that semi-final? I know I'm putting you on the spot now. Bloody hell. (laughs) So this was the second semi-final, and that was won by Cornelia Jacobs with Hold Me Closer. We also had Australia, Serbia, Constructor in Corporate um Stefan with Hope, Ockman from Poland with River, Rasmus with Jezebel, Fade to Black from Azerbaijan. But yet ahead of Brooke was the Stripper song by San Marino. Ooh. Yeah. I don't remember the, the Israel song, I Am. Um, Andromaki for Cyprus with Ella, Ella. Andrea with Circles for North Macedonia. I mean... Thank God she was ahead of Malta. I am what I am. Emma was <laughs> that terrible pop song. But, oh, but no, actually, it was the same point. So she must as that. So she must have got better scores. But yeah, so that was semi-final two. Semi-final one, you had Stefania from Kelly Orchestra that won that semi-final. Dieppe, Less Ten, which we played a while back. Snap mm. from Rosalind, which actually was fifth. It did really well. Um, Subwoofer, um, Marius Bear, Boys to Cry, Sister, Miyahaki. Okay, slow. So yeah, um, it's odd, isn't it? I mean, like Austria again, Halo we played the other day and yeah. that was 13th. Again, you think, well, I bet that was 11th. 
Yeah. <laughs> All the songs you think are 11th are never 11th. Not you, we, but yeah. Do you want to know a bit more about Brooke Scullion? Yes. I know she's a writer. Oh? I know she writes a lot. So she's best known for being in the ninth series of The Voice UK. I didn't know she was on that. I no. stopped watching it by then in 2020 and all four coaches turned for her and she chose Megan Trainer as her coach and she finished in third place overall which is pretty good oh wow okay yeah <laughs> she comes from London Derry Northern Ireland so she's a Derry girl <laughs> <laughs> and yeah she was studying drama at Ulster University but I don't know since there's limited information now you thought she was doing writing well I remember when they asked her what she was going to do after Eurovision, she said she was flying over to America to work with Megan Trainer. But if she was her mentor, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, it does, doesn't it? Random rubbish facts that I've got lodged in my brain. Yes, bless <laughs> you. It says on Wikipedia in her personal life, she's outside of singing. She works as a personal assistant to an estate agent in County Antrim. Oh, wow. But I don't know how long ago that was. She was also in Dancing with the Stars earlier this year. That is not the big American version. It's the Irish version of Strictly Come Dancing. She received a record score for week one of the show. Wow. But this is in Ireland, so who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But yes... Brooke Scullion. It's a good name, isn't it? Scullion. I think of a scullery maid. Or... It's good, no, good name and it's a good song. It is. We like that. I trip. will still slip that onto a playlist. Yeah. And now you will a bit more as well, won't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. I'm glad I've, I've done a bit of a deep dive on it recently. It's a good track. And I can see why everyone was like, oh yeah, Ireland got it right in 2022. We should have built, built on that. And then why they thought it was a, a wrong turn um, this year with... Um, Wild Youth? Yes, why do you? <laughs> I just get a vision of... No, that, no, we can't mention it every episode. No, we can't. <laughs> but yes, unfortunately it wasn't to be, but it was a good attempt. Right, where are we going next? Up next is the Juice Award. I need you to go to, go to Eurovision. Eurovision. Yay! And we're back off to Sweden. Of course we are. And this time around... We haven't played them for a while. We're going to play a track by the Mammas from Melody Festival in 2021 called... In the Middle. Sometimes I'm lost and feeling low The waves rushing, it's like I'm drowning When I get far away from home I can't forget that I'm surrounded But you were my sunshine in the open sky Moonlight on my darkest nights The sky is brighter
So that was the mammoths with In the Middle. The question is, does lightning strike twice? Mm. <laughs> well, move was just perfection. Yeah, let's be clear. The move, the mammoths won Malfest with it in 2020. It was the year that never was. Yes. It should have been one of the main contenders to win that year. Yeah. Uh, the I whole think thing. We, used, we had that in episode two, An maybe? early episode, certainly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this was pretty damn close. I think it's a really good song. Yeah. It's not quite there. Yeah. But it's very good. I think it's only not there because you compare it to the 2020 entry. Yeah. And that, if they'd not had that one, yeah. I think that probably would have won, yeah. like, one Melody Festival and gone. Yeah, I mean, cause you've kind of felt for them, they're having another go, that's so good, they're having another go, and the song's almost as good. Yeah. But you did feel, yeah, but it's not Move. And I think it suffers yeah. by comparison. And especially because they invite the comparison, because they start in their... Move costumes. Move yeah. costumes. Yeah. Only in the first time they did it, mm. in the, like, to qualify. Yeah. For the finale, because mm-hmm. I think they qualified and went straight through to the finale, if memory serves. Well, we'll get into that. But because <laughs> they did that, they what they'd done is like the first two lines of the first verse, they had their previous costumes. Yeah, on. the black ones. And then they, like, a big burst of light, and then they're in these whole golden outfits. Yeah. And I was thinking, death. how did that happen? And then you made it clear to me later on how it happened. It's because it was the pre-recorded non um, Yeah, but what was really ones. funny was I remember watching it, and they did the whole lead up to the performance. They had the previous outfits on. Right. And then I guess when they did the bit to camera, when they do their journey, they must have changed then. Mm. So the whole lead up to it, they had the black outfits on. And I was like, oh, they're in the, they're in the same, they're yeah. in the same. So then when it was that reveal, it, it fooled me. I'm easily fooled. But, you know, that kind of made me smile. Yeah. So I thought that was, was good. It, no, it was a nice touch. It absolutely was. The mamas have sped up, haven't they? Yeah, they've kind of gone on a indefinite hiatus, yeah. which I didn't realise until not too long ago. Yeah, but Lulu Lamotte came back this year to Melfest, and we're going to play a bit of that, aren't we? Because we, we loved it. It didn't even get through its first heat, did it? And I think it's a song that's difficult on first hearing. You mm. don't necessarily get into it, but boy, if you play it a bit, it's one of the best entries from Melfest this last year. Or this year, rather. It's a great song. I think against it is the fact that it's in Swedish. So it's, you know, in terms of its broader appeal beyond Melfest, yeah. it's going to struggle. But it's a really lovely song. It is. But you do sort of appreciate the gospel quality of the mamas. Yeah. When they're all together like that. Yeah, the power of that. But apparently Lily Lamott was really unhappy that it didn't do well. Mm. And thinking her time may be up in terms of Melfest. But no, you've got years in your love. Keep yeah, going. definitely. We love you. Be there next year for us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be there cheering along. And back to how In the Middle did at Melfest 2021. In the final, they ended up in third place. Yes. 
And I remember they they beat Dotter by one, one point. point. Dotter with Little Tot, that's a strong which song. Which is, I think, how much they beat her the previous year. Oh, that's So harsh. it was a little bit history repeating oh. itself. <laughs> and then we had Eric Sarder in his horrible Cricket Whites with Every Minute Second. Yeah. And first was Tussa with Voices, which didn't show at all in the eventual... Eurovision did it because it was no. she, they oversang it didn't they yeah it it was really good at Melody Festivalen but it yeah. just didn't translate to the Eurovision stage yeah because it was my favourite to win yeah but yeah it just didn't it, something just went a bit sour yeah. on it and also that yeah yeah, you've got Clara Hammerstrom with Beat of Broken Hearts you've got Dandy Dancer from Danny Saucedo you've got Still Young from Charlotte Pirelli so there's some really good competition and Paul Ray Paul Ray. Paul Ray. <laughs> I just this was my first proper Melody Festival in year, so yeah. it's always gonna have a bit of a sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. So that was the Mamas within the middle. We love their music. We hope they reform, but if they don't, we wanna see them singing and performing at Melfest and beyond. Do we not? Maybe even at the finale. <gasps> reform, do move at the finale. Yeah. For twenty twenty four. Mm-hmm. where it should have been 2020 mm-hmm. and then it's a nice full circle moment okay. let's put that in the universe I want that to happen okay he's serious about this people yeah everybody wanna move Melfest makers. This no, is... Eurovision makers. Sorry, Eurovision makers. Eurovision finale makers. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> wow. It's quite intense here right now. That was all the songs that we have chosen with a few extras because we've, we've been a bit around the houses this time, haven't we? We've we have a few, actually. Yeah. A few extras. <laughs> um, but we are now moving to the final song of the podcast and that is from The Randomizer. <laughs> so we don't know what we're going to get. Let's find out. Is it going to be another winner? Is it going to be a winner that we've already played? Is it going to make us go back to Sweden? I feel like it's not going to at this point. Is it going to make make us question our lives? Probably. Almost definitely. So what year do you think it's going to be? Oh, it's been kind to us recently, so I think it's going to be another dusty one. I think this could be 1957, something Ooh. as early as that. I don't think we've ever been that early. I'm going to go... Late 60s. Oh, right. So we're still archived. So you got, yeah. can we have an, a year, please? 67. So 57 and 67. We have 94. Oh, it's a bit odd. Okay, let's see what we've got. So there were 25 songs. Oh. Let's hit the last go button. <laughs> Song number three. Oh, an early one. Has it chosen another winner? I think so. That's insane. Is that three for three that it's chosen a winner? No, but it is three... For four? Three out of... What is this? Episode 23? Yeah. Yeah. This song that the randomizer has chosen at random is another winner. We've had 
So many recently. This is for Ireland. This is Rock and Roll Kids by Paul Harrington and Charlie McGettigan that stormed the contest in 62 I was 16 and so were you and we lived next door on the avenue Jerry Lee was big and Elvis too blue jeans and blue suede shoes and we never knew what life held in store we just wanted to rock and roll forevermore We were the rock and roll kids Rock and roll was all we did And listening to those songs on the radio I was yours and you were mine That was once Upon a time Now we never seem to rock and roll Anymore Now Johnny's in love With the girl next door And Mary's down At the record store They don't want to be Around us no more Golden oldies, but we hardly speak Too busy running to a different beat Hard to understand We were once like that How I wish we could find those rock and roll days again We were the rock and roll kids Rock and roll Listening to those songs on the radio I was yours and you were mine That was once upon a time Now we never seem to rock and roll anymore I was yours and you were mine That was once upon a time now we never seem to rock and roll We just never seem to rock and roll Okay, so we just watched Rock and Roll Kids being performed by Paul Harrington and Charlie McGettigan in Dublin because Neve Kaffner had won the contest for Ireland the previous year. We were still in Dublin again. Was I happy about this? No. <laughs> Back in the day. I was so furious. And I thought, it's an okay song. It's kind of nice. But there's no oomph to it. 
I was very much behind the UK entry that year, as you can imagine, which we played previously on the podcast. What was it? Francis Raphael. I was going to say, was it that? Yeah, Holy Symphony. Which isn't the best entry we've ever had, but... No, but when all the audience is already asleep, <laughs> you've got to do a lot to wake them up, haven't and you? And song number three. And I thought, well, at least Ireland's not going to win this year because it's so... It's ordinary. It's an album track. But somehow it's been elevated beyond that. And now even when I hear it, I think it is better than I thought at the time. But so, maybe that's familiarity. I feel like you've grown into it. Because I know it won. Well, and also it's more for the dads... And the mums. Yeah. But it is also about fading dads thinking, yeah. oh yeah, this is my rock and roll past. Yeah. I think it spoke to a lot of the audience. Yeah. Particularly the straight part of the audience. <laughs> um, I watched it, in fact, with my stepdad's daughter and her husband. Um, she's no longer with us, Sally, sadly. But um, I watched that Eurovision with them. And they had lived in Ireland for many years. And he always had shifty goings on in Ireland. I think he photographed lots of things and he was... Kind of not an IRA sympathiser, but he was certainly on the side of things that was a bit sort of like anti-police and anti-England. But then a lot of people in Ireland, are, Northern Ireland, do feel like that. Mm. But I remember when this came up, I remember them being really excited because Ireland, you know, and they love Ireland. So I remember watching it with them and, and the fact that they won, it won that night. They were like, oh, of course Ireland wins because Ireland was in this streak at the time. And so they were being a bit arrogant about it. But it was still nice to watch the contest with them. So that's another added memory for me. Have you ever heard it before? I've never heard it before. If you held a gun to my head and said, <laughs> sing it back to me, I wouldn't even be able to hum a bar of it. They were the rock and roll kids. <laughs> rock and rolling is all they did. Oh, it's just... And listen to the songs on the radio. See, what Brooke is doing is a thousand times ahead of that. Because that's rich. No. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I mean, if you were to say today, a country that is reigning champions, playing third, what are their chances? You don't, well, zero to none, yeah. Yeah. Can we have a look at the top 10 from that year, please? So we were 10th with Francis Rafael, but then we had Russia, Portugal, France. Oh, Elizabeth Andreasen and Jan Werner Dallinson duet. I know that one, which is was sixth. Malta, More Than Love, don't know that one. Fifth. Friederike for Hungary, Germany with Mikado and Ed... Oh, I've heard of Edithia Gorniak for Poland. That was quite a strong song, I think. But yeah, but it was way out in the lead, wasn't it? 50 points. Is it 50? 60 points. Oh, it's too late in the day for maths. <laughs> 60 points ahead of, of second place. There's a lot of duets in here, though. Hmm. The year of the duet. Yes, I think it's fair to say that. So this was 1994, old school Eurovision. I kind of think it's nice that the randomizer chose something a bit older because we tend to be more in the 2000s, don't we, if we can possibly help it. And I dare say we would never have chosen that otherwise. Indeed not. The one question we need to ask is, are we putting it on the playlist or not? Because we forgot to ask that. Every yes, time we've done we it. are. Are we? I yes. don't think we are. I think we are. I don't think we are. I, think we are. I don't think we are. I think we are. You're asking me without, but also telling me it feels... If you can, if you recall, the, a very original rule was if one of us says no, then it doesn't go mm. on. But I also have a, a thing about the Spotify list that we have. I think we should be dividing it up into episodes. So we've got episodes 1 to 5, 6 to 10, 11 to 15, 16 to 20. See, when you said this yesterday, it was 1 to 10. Oh, did I? 
So now it's down to five episodes each. Well, that's because there's 30 songs in a playlist, and I think it's more manageable. So that's what I'd like you to do. You don't have enough in your life. I think it's something to give you. It's a project. And then we've got Euros and Queens episodes but one I'm to five. I'm the only one that listens to the playlist. <laughs> Not if we promote them more. Wow. I'm getting told off now. Not if we promote them more. <laughs> <laughs> so that was all the songs we have time for in this episode. What was your favourite? Oh, gosh. Hang on. I'm going to say That's Rich by Brooke. That's the one I've definitely played the most. Yeah. And do you know what I'm going to say? Better not be rock and roll kids. I'm going to go That's Rich as well. Oh, you really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's really enjoyed it this that time. That is rich. It is. Good. Good. I'm glad you now have that in your life. Thank you very much. Thank you, please. Tax Nella, as they say in Sweden. So... If you want to get in touch with us, please do. It's nice to hear from you. On Twitter at EuroQueensPod, on Instagram at EurovisionQueens. How can they find us on email, Ryan? <laughs> so on email, it's EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. And you can send us all of your recommendations for anywhere that you think we should be going song-wise. We want to hear from more people, please. Thank you. Yeah, just saying, if you recommend it to us, it probably will get on one of the next yeah, few episodes. Yeah, exactly, and you get a shout-out. Yeah. So there's an encouragement. We always say people's names if they've suggested a song. Having said that, this is our last episode for a while. We're having a bit of a break for lots of different reasons. We're going on holiday, finally. Yeah. Um, but also because we're going to be away in Australia for five weeks. A lot happening. Too much happening to even find an evening to record a podcast i think yeah for the next month or two or two yeah so we will definitely be back um, when we're closer to eurovision season we hope you enjoy listening to eurovision queens we do absolutely plan to do more but this is the last episode for a while not too long no but yeah yeah just this is our first break as well yes well we had that one unofficial break we took one week off <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which isn't bad in a year, isn't it? No, it's over a year now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we deserve it. I don't it. think people will be mad at us for taking a few weeks off. Tell us if you're mad about it, please. But also Tweet send us. us your recommendation at the same yeah, as, time. As, while you're mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all we have time for. Thank you so much for listening to Eurovision Queens. I have been Andy. I've been Ryan. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Eurovision Queens. If you enjoyed the episode, I know that Andy and Ryan would love to hear from you on email, Twitter or Instagram. Better still, why not leave them a review on Apple Podcasts so that other Eurovision fans can find them.